Hello, hello, all my peeps from around the world. Let's keep it real. So how's the first week of the new year going for you? Whew, that's all I have to say. I know many of us were hoping we could just push a button and 2021 would be awesome and incredible and change overnight. Wouldn't that be incredible? It's coming. It really is. I think it'll be here sooner than we think. So hold on. And I can't wait to hear all the good things personally that are happening to you in spite of everything else. I know so many of you are doing this introspective self journey, which I love for the body, mind, and soul. And I thank you so much for reaching out to me and telling me all about all the awesome stuff that you did for you and your family in 2020. It really helps to start the gears right for 2021. I bumped, by the way, this guest up, Eric. (sighs) Not just because I love power bars, because I am a big fan of power bars. When I would go on my long bike rides, that's one of the few things I would take. I take very, very, very few supplements, But if I was going out for a hike or a ride that was over an hour, I'd make sure I had my power bar with me. So when my friend Dan Snyder said, oh, you should interview Eric, he's rebranding the power bar, as well as a lot of other things, you'll really enjoy talking to him and what he has to say. I thought, bring him on, especially now, right, with the New Year's resolutions. And Eric, not just for the power bar, but he is really amazing at breaking it down about when you should eat a certain supplement. When is it right for you? What are you doing? What are your goals? How long are you exercising? And, you know, him being, you know, he said the science brain, the nerdy scientist, I didn't find him nerdy at all, but I did find that he had so much information and I know you're going to enjoy it, especially when we start off the new year. Now, Many of you say, Sandy, you owned health clubs. Do you still really believe in New Year's resolutions? I mean, come on, what are the statistics? 75% of people drop off, 90% of people drop off from the resolutions they set. I don't know, maybe. I didn't see that high of a percentage at my health clubs. I have to say that. Yes, there were people that joined and then petered out after three to six weeks, but I did see really high engagement and retention. I think a lot of it is setting it up for you, setting it up that it works for you, making sure you believe the goal you're going after and the actions you're willing to take and that you have the right tools in your toolbox. So without further ado, I hope you enjoyed listening to Eric and his bits of information and tidbits. I think they're be so fascinated with them of when to use supplements and how to use supplements and put that in your little journal. Yes, writing it down. You know how much I believe in writing down your game plan and the goals you're going after. It really will help you succeed. So don't forget that. But he in general, he eats, breathes and lives this because he's also, I won't spoil it, but he, you know, he is an athlete himself and very dedicated, and did a lot of fun things. So I can't wait for you to listen to his story and his journey. Don't forget, please share, like, visit us on Patreon. We really appreciate it and your support, inspiring others. That's why I do it. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. I am so excited to talk to my next guest, Eric Saltis. Mm, Perfect time of year. We're trying to get in shape again. I know, New Year's resolutions, but what are you going to do? We're in this together. 
And might I say, some of us, well, you know, the cookies, the wine, the beer, being home more, we had a little bit too much. All of us did, not just you, we all did. So when I knew what Eric did, not that he is going to sit here and give us a fitness plan, but he's got a lot of tips and tricks about supplements. So let me tell you about them first. Eric has had a 25-plus year career in the sports nutrition industry, primarily in research and development, and holds graduate degrees in both general nutrition and also sports nutrition from a program with the International Olympic Committee. Eric is heading up a new effort to bring, oh, I love Power Bar, Power Bar sports products back to their roots with athletes. Hmm. Eric is also a lifelong endurance athlete, which I have to ask him all about this. He is a former national champion road bike racer and has, oh my God, run 20 marathons with two under three hours. The last time winning the 50 plus age group, we like to hear that. He has also competed one full Ironman and two, what does it say, 70.3s. Oh my gosh, Eric, welcome. How are you? <laughs> Thanks for that introduction. I'm great. Glad know, to you, be here. When you listen to yourself, you're like, wait a minute, I did that? <laughs> what, what does it we're, mean? We're two 70, from here. <laughs> yeah, 70.3s. I need to ask that. And two 70.3s. What does that mean? Yeah, so... Once upon a time, there was an event called a half Ironman, oh, but yeah. it was yeah. pl- it was plenty long, and so they rebranded it as seventy point three because that's how many miles you do. So rather uh, than calling it half of something, it's now a full seventy point three. Gotcha. Yeah, I do remember the half marathon. All right, we'll we'll circle around to that. But let me ask you, Eric, if I was going to say, all right, Eric, in one word, how would you describe your past? 30 days. It could be good, bad, or ugly. We don't care. What would be a word that would pop into your head? Super fun. Is that allowed? <laughs> super fun? Yeah, that's, that's a word too. Yeah, super. Really? The past 30 days? T- please tell us more. Why super fun? Okay, so as you mentioned, we are uh, relaunching Power Bar to Athletes. And as a fun seasonal thing to do, we created a holiday video, and what I, and I was the subject, and Ooh. we we used a um, a stationary bicycle that converts mechanical energy to electrical energy, plugged it into a the lights on a Christmas tree, <laughs> and lit up that Christmas tree in a bunch of locations around New York, including in the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge all between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. one uh, Saturday night. And uh, so it was, a, it was one of the most, it was a, one of the wildest nights of my life. Uh, and so I'm still buzzing off of that. And uh, the video came out great. You know, we shot all night and ended up with a 20-second video. Of course, uh, so. of course. Is it out? <laughs> Can the public see it? Sure, yeah. Oh, we're definitely going to have to include that. I'm excited. Oh, my God, that's so fun. That's, I'm so glad that you're having super fun during all this. That's so nice to hear. And that must have been an amazing highlight. So were everybody coming around watching you? Did you get gatherings? So we were, we were on the Brooklyn Bridge at 4 a.m. Uh-huh. Uh, there were four of us, and we dragged a, a Christmas tree with lights <laughs> A videographer with all his equipment. Yeah, yeah. My my bike and this uh, contraption that converts the mechanical to electrical. Oh so um, there was nobody else out there. Occasionally, someone would come by and just be looking at us like, uh, yeah. Well, actually, they were looking at us a little too normally. Like, uh, we've I've seen everything. So um, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Though we also, you know, if if you do see the video, we're in the middle of uh, Little Italy in Chinatown, in the middle of the street. We're in the middle of Times Square, again, mm. in the middle of the street, and just having fun. And so, uh, hey, look, it, it's, it's been a tough time the, the last yeah. bunch of months, and you got, you got to find the fun and make the fun where you can. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I was doing a little digging, Eric, and before we get into this, I get the sports nutrition, I get what you're doing, but I saw that you got a degree, unless I'm wrong, in geophysics? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. I need to hear. Um, and what do you think about our Earth? I have so many questions for a separate podcast, but I need to know why, how, and how you pivoted. Okay, so um, so I grew up in the Bronx and went to the Bronx High School of Science and have a science brain, and uh, you know I've had done a lot of science in my career, yeah. uh, and I my my uncle is actually a former head of NASA and I thought I'd want to go into engineering and, you know, something like that. And I started off college going down that track and found that it just wasn't for me. Mm. And I took, you know, a, um, I took a geology class and, you know, and everybody has the story of some professor or teacher that just turned it around for them. And it was, this guy was so fascinating. He had a uh, double PhD in, uh, geology and philosophy, and his research was looking at the fossil record to see how um, you know did evolution happen in little tiny jumps or in bigger jumps. And I was totally intrigued. But then I took it down the more scientific track and and went into geophysics, which has lots of calculus and is all about the study of mm. uh, you know earthquakes and plate tectonics and stuff like that. So uh, and then you know. <laughs> As my life uh, took turns, I ended up in nutrition. So now I say I started with minerals and then filled in the vitamins afterwards. Uh, yeah. But you st- always had the science brain. So I, you know, now I can make the connection. So are we, are we going to be okay, Eric? I just had somebody ask me, are we going to be okay? Is the earth going to make <laughs> it? Please <laughs> <They> say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we are going to make it. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the you know, climate change is real and, uh, the earth is heating up and it's, and we should do everything we can to keep it from doing that. It's so hard because it's only in the last hundred or so years that people have had to think about number one, um, getting enough exercise because they typically had enough exercise just getting through the day. And number two, not consuming so much energy that it could impact the planet. So, you know, from a kind of historical perspective, having this kind of consciousness that you've got to do things differently to be healthy and for the the earth to be healthy, it's just not how we were originally wired. So, you know, it can be done though. And it, yes. and it takes everybody yes. doing their own thing. You know, I, I'm not here to talk about that, but you know, yeah. I, I drive my plug-in Prius and uh, you know, try really? to bike wherever yeah. I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, the biggest question we have out there, and so many people, when I told them they were coming on, this was the biggest one, Eric. How the heck do they know what is right for them? What supplement is right for them? And this came from, as they called themselves, mere mortals and athletes. And so many people said they get so confused when picking what's the right supplement for them. Yeah, that's a, uh, you know, um, People are not educated in nutrition in school very much, and so they, when they have questions, they go online. There's tons of information, and and really, the average person doesn't have a good uh, way of figuring out what's real and what's not real. So, you know, I, mm. I have a lot of sympathy there. Um, you know, we could spend a whole <laughs> a whole hour talking about yeah. what's what's right and what's not right, but I'll just start with the basics. You know. Uh, a, a diet rich in fruits and vegetables and, and lean meats, if you choose, is the starting point. Reducing the fun stuff, you know, refined sugars and, and yeah. oils is is the best way to go. But, hey, you know, I love Nutella, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying you can't have that stuff. But, um, you know, and then, the, of course, the main thing on top of that, probably most important, is getting enough activity. And with that, it's it's finding something that you like to do. And something that you like to do so much that you're going to do it all the time, you know, whenever you can. Um, I mean, in terms of supplements, you know, I think before you get to actual like little pills, if that's what you mean by supplements, it's about, um, you know, the macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. And I I think the simplest take home message is that, you know, you're, if you're not super active, about 50 grams of protein is enough per day. And if you're more active, up to 100 grams of protein per day, fats just come along for the ride. You don't try to um, eat that much of them, butters and oils and things like that. But carbohydrates are the ones that vary the most. 
the less active you are, the less carbohydrate you need. Mm. And the more carbohydrate, the more active you are up until the point of being a serious athlete, the more carbohydrates you need. And carbohydrates can be limiting to performance. And so, you know, I think that's, that's really probably the easiest way for people yeah. to understand. You don't need a lot of carb uh, if you're not doing very much. But if you're doing a lot, if you don't have carb, it's going to get in the way of your performance. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, this is not, I'm not just saying that. But I don't really take heart. Eh. Very few times in my life have I taken supplements. I mean, I do drink my protein shakes, but the one thing that I, I'm a mountain biker that I would pack with me and love is power bars. I mean, I would always have them somewhere um, on the road with me. And I love the fact that you said you're bringing power bar sports products back to their roots. What do you mean by that, Eric? So uh, the power bar brand you could say started the category that you could call sports nutrition that exploded. It started in the mid eighties and, you know, once upon a time, uh, and I was there in the mid eighties, it was all about high carb for everybody. And we were also getting to the point of, you know, somewhere around nutrition and convenience and stuff that that's good for you. And Power Bar was right there, and it got really big really fast, even though it started with athletes. The founders yeah. of Power Bar were a marathoner and a nutritionist at, at UC Berkeley. And so this thing that started with the marathoner for his own use in sports to enter, you know, fuel him went outside and people were eating the stuff at their desk. And, and then you know, it really was not designed for that. And then other products came along that were – you know, easier to eat and uh, and had more grains and things like that. Uh, and so this whole category just exploded. And, you know, Power Bar um, was less relevant to the this mainstream population that was just snacking. And um, ultimately, uh, we are bringing it back to where it started with athletes. Gotcha. And um, that is where the brand started and really where it belongs. And so, you know, if you talk to your, your serious athlete, they know the brand and they have come to rely on it through the years for yep. sports performance and recovery. It really, it's not about sitting at your desk and eating it. So that you use it on a mountain bike ride is perfect. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would take it with me and fuel up. So what is your goal, like, in the next year? Like, what do you, like you said, it says Power Bar Sports Products, and you bring it back to roots, I get, with the athlete. Give me, like, the goal for you and the company in the next year. So there was a, there was a short period of time where the products that were for athletes were actually off the market. So we entered the market again uh, toward the end of 2019, uh, then there was the winter between 19 and 20, and we started to rebuild uh, distribution a little bit in January and February of 20, and then COVID hit. Yeah. So, you know, we're waiting to – so, you know, a lot of um, our athletic consumers shifted their purchasing online. A lot of purchases have gone online. So we're there. But yeah. for me, what I really care about is the the independent bike shop and running shop – and that is where the brand was born, and that's who we want to support. You know, um, in my town, there's a, there's a local running shop and bike shop, and they lead runs and bike rides, and, you know, they support each other. And yeah. that's where we want to – so if short answer is, in, in 2021, we want to rebuild our distribution. We want to be in more and more of these independent shops. We want to support their what they're doing in their local communities to get people active. You know, I'm so glad you said that because that's where I do buy my power bars, my bike shop, because I love yeah. going in there and supporting them. And by the way, they're the most knowledgeable, too. When I would go in there and depending on how long I was riding for, they would say, take this, take this. And, and I love it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't buy online, but I really do enjoy the bike shop. OK, so d let's get back to your biking still, right? Yes, I I, uh, I have I started many years ago and I, I really haven't stopped. Um, but I've added in a few other uh, you know little running and swimming along the way. All right. So, are, do you bike all winter long outside? Yeah, you know, um, you know, maybe some of your listeners participate in this stuff. Um, I really 
I need to get outside every day and do some kind of activity. I don't really care what the weather is. Um, you know, if it's snowing out, I won't go out biking, but I will yeah. run. And um, but I will bike pretty much in if if the roads allow it. I will. I don't I don't go that far, but um, I just love to get the wind in my face and uh, you know challenge myself on some hills or trails like like you do mountain biking. But I, I do like to run. I, right before we're recording, I, I did a short run. Um, you know, I'm a desk jockey. I spend most of my day in an office. And so I love to get outside as much as I can. During the week, I'm doing maybe 30 or 45 minutes. And I try to do oh. yeah, push the push the gas pedal a couple of times while I'm out there. But so it's it's not till the weekends that I get more time and, um, you know, can get out for two two or three hour um, or leisurely paced uh, bike ride. You know, I'm the same way, and my friends make fun of me. I am, you should see me going out on my bike, not always, you know, to the mountains, just on the roads. Yeah. I'd rather be freezing. I asked for Christmas, I asked for clothes for biking outside. I need it. I, I'll go out with my dog, we hike, we'll do anything. I just need the fresh air. I mean, I do have a spin bike in my house, but Eric, I hate it. I mean, I'll do it, but I hate it, you know? I, I, I don't I'm care. I'm with you. Yeah, as long uh, as I can physically get out there. I also think it's healthy for us, especially now where there's so much we can't do. The more I get out, I just feel so good inside. Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard this, but after the big uh, run on toilet paper, the next run was on bicycles. <laughs> you know, people, oh, yeah. uh, you know, p- bicycles sold out because uh, the most, the things that, one of the things I learned in some consumer research many years ago is that for this country, most of the people who exercise, exercise indoors. They go to gyms. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not surprising. Um, and with the closure of gyms and the concern um, for, for, for COVID, people have been exercising more and more outside. And so bicycles and running. And I, so I think uh, absolutely uh, it'll be interesting to see if people stick to the outside way of, of exercising. It's, 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 part of my day. I have to have it as part of my day. And by the way, you know, I own gyms my whole life. I just, as the gods would have it, Eric, sold them. Uh, It'll be two years in March. And man, am I happy. But I always used to say, I do this to go outside. Like, that's the thing I want to do. I train inside to be outside. So I think what will happen, there'll be more of a combination, you know? Absolutely. And, And hey, you know, Especially, you know, I'm 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 still in my fifties, uh, not not much longer to go. But, uh, um, yeah, it is critical to to do some some gym exercises. So I I do that stuff because it's important for aging. It's important for my cycling and running, uh, and that's where I swim. So you know that that's part of the mix as well. But I, I still have to have the outdoor time, and and I think it's yeah. it's good for everybody. And I try to inspire my kids to do the same. Yeah, yeah. It- for me right now, I have to admit, it's a little tough with my teenager to go, come on, let's get outside. But he will hike. He will hike with me. So that's cool. Like, at least I got that going on. I don't know. Will your kids hike with you? Uh, yes. And uh, last weekend, uh, my daughter, who just finished her first semester at, at college, um, and has gotten into a vampire lifestyle these last uh, <laughs> since she's been back. Um, uh, so we we got out pretty late, yeah. and uh, we we went off to go hiking. And I, I think by the time we finally started hitting the trails, it was four o'clock. And you know, I, I like to have a little bit of adventure as well when hiking. And we got a little lost and. By the end of it, I had the flashlight from the phone yeah. on so we could stay on the trail. So, of course, yeah, it was they'll... 4 o'clock when you started. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I can get them out, but I have a feeling it's there's a little uh, there's going to be a little trauma that I've got to get through with uh, getting them back out again after that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so big into the outdoor. And by the way, my husband's name is Eric. He goes to the gym all the time, but people can't imagine how we were married because he hates the outside. But the one time I took a mountain bike in Eric, his bike derailed and we got lost oh, no. and we walked for four hours in like 95 degree heat. You should have seen all the superlatives and nobody were like, there's no way to fix this bike. You're going to have to just carry it. And 
he will never go mountain biking again after that. And then <laughs> a few years later for my anniversary, we live near Valley Forge Park. I go, let's go hiking. He goes, all right, for you. And he got Lyme disease. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. He's fine. They caught it within a, you know, right away the bullseye happened and they caught it within a week. So needless to say, the only thing <laughs> I'll do is walk the dog around like the neighborhood. He's like, I'm not, some people are just not made for it, you know? <laughs> that's uh, that's some bad luck oh right gosh. i mean like it's a lot of pushback as you say is going outside all right we need to know what is the biggest highlight of one of your bike races and i know you're also were you on the u.s olympic team too yeah you know, i i did not go to the olympics but i was really close uh my, my the year that i was the closest was 92 which was barcelona and Ugh. I was one person away from going to the Olympics, but I did uh, win a U.S. national championship um, and also represented the U.S. in a number of international competitions around the world. Uh, I would uh, – oh, gosh, there's so many. Pick one highlight. Just you know, like one of your favorite races. I don't know. Maybe it was the country you were in yeah. or you won. Something. Oh, Yeah. No, you know what? The most exotic location I ever raced, I did, I did the tour of Morocco uh, with the U.S. team. Um, so I was, I was you know, with, with my teammates wearing Stars and Stripes jerseys, racing around. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Morocco. It's actually quite a varied country. No. Um, it, uh, it has an Atlantic coast. So it's got a rocky coastline. Uh, it's got the deserts that you think of when you think of northern Africa. It's got mountains. Um, Casablanca, we, the last, uh, the last day, you know, these, um, these races that are, that are tours, like the Tour de France, you race every day, you start in one place, you finish a hundred miles away, you sleep there, you get up the next day and then you go another hundred miles. So, and they're two to three weeks long. So we covered a pretty big chunk of, uh, of this country and, uh, you know, Tangiers and, um, oh. In the middle of the desert. All right, so I'll tell you one story, because <laughs> that's the one that came into my head. So this one day, we're crossing through the middle of Morocco, and we're in the desert. Mm. And um, this on this particular day, we were going to race twice. Uh, we raced to a tiny town in the middle of the desert, and then we were going to race again in the afternoon. So the first race in the morning, second race in the afternoon, maybe maybe 50 miles each. So we, we, we do the first race, there's a finish line, and uh, you know, we, get, we go get cleaned up, and um, we have a giant feast. They put up this big tent, and all the residents of the small town bring out their rug and make like a patchwork of rugs inside this giant oh. tent, and they start bringing out uh, you know, animals that they've cooked up <laughs> and they, you know, starting, starting small yeah. and then getting bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, we're trying to be polite and we're hungry. And so we're just eating whatever. And, you know, by the end of this thing, uh, this, this guy who is our handler for that particular day, he stuck his arm all the way into this goat and pulled something out and pat and showed it to me in his hand. He said, "Here, eat this. This is the best part." And so oh. I ate it. Oh, and then, uh, yeah, and uh, and then, so then we have a little time before the next race starts. Our bellies are totally out, <laughs> you know, in front of us. Yeah. And uh, so we go back to this uh, this place where we we go to sleep and take a nap. The whole U.S. team is napping. The next thing I know. There's like, you know, the the bells are ringing. They the uh, the guy who was taking care of us um, didn't know about when the start line, uh, when the start time was. The whole race, the rest of the race, from all, all the teams from around the world, were on the starting lines, and we were in bed. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. We had to race to get ready for the race. You know, groggy, and yeah. you can imagine the scene. We're in the middle of the desert. And all of these other teams are there oh, just waiting no. for the U.S. team to come riding up in their Stars and Stripes jerseys. <laughs> and uh, then oh. and the wind was blowing. It's like the sand was blowing across the road. It was crazy. Oh. So I did not win that race, but that is a very strong memory 
I have. So I don't know if you if I painted the story for you, but oh that's God, the first one that I came. want video. I want pictures, <laughs> and I want to know. I have so many questions about that. But it doubts. I'm sorry you didn't win the race, but it sounds fabulous. Like sitting there, I'm a foodie and trying all that exotic food. But how did it taste for real? Whatever he pulled out of the goat. Uh, you know, I, you I was, I, I think it was, I think it was, you know, what they say, parts is parts, right? So uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure it was some kind of organ meat. I don't know which organ it was, and I don't yeah. want to know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and I think, I believe it was a little bit gamey tasting. I yeah. think that'd be the polite oh way God. of saying it. You know, it's so fabulous that you got to travel to so many places around the world with a camaraderie. Uh, you must have a million stories. I do, uh, you know, Mexico, and and uh, we did a great race in Mexico, really all the way through Mexico. The same kind of thing, you know, hundred miles a day, sleep, get up, and keep going. Um, Australia, New Zealand, and um, yeah, it was. It's yeah. been. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know what I love? I love the fact that you are your own guinea pig. It's not, you know, like someone who started this company and this is what you're doing, but you eat, breathe, and live it. That's fabulous. I do, and I'm. I'm also. I'm passionate about it, and I. And I'm actually. You know, I love sharing my knowledge with others who who are crazy enough to be doing this kind of stuff. Also, uh, I've helped um, some people. You know, in my town and friends of friends, uh, a woman in my town was trying for five or six years to qualify for the Boston Marathon, which in Marathon Land is mm. you know one of the pinnacles, and. I just helped her with some some nutrition tips uh, yeah. for how to fuel during uh, during the marathon and and uh, and she qualified. So you know that's the kind of stuff that uh, gets me up in the morning. Uh, I have a, a girlfriend and she's a miracle. She she had like fifth stage ovarian cancer like fifteen or twenty years ago, and you know it was really bad. And she was a marathon runner. She thought she could never run again. She came back. Eric, stronger than ever, running marathons and said, my goal is to run a marathon in every country that has one. So her and her husband was doing that for many years now. And then she got bored, Eric. And I can't believe she did this. She started doing ultra races. Like, I don't know if you ever heard Uh, of these, like 100 mile races or all night races. And I would say to her, and she's just an amazing human being. And I'd say to her, Kristen, why? Why? And she's like, and she's got to be now in her late 50s and still going strong. She's like, because I can. That's it. That's the only reason. So I don't know if you've ever done any of those crazy races, but I don't even know how the human body can withstand all that. I have not done a running race longer than a marathon. A marathon's 26 miles. And usually when I cross the line, I feel like I can't run even one more mile. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, yeah, I have friends who do these. They do... Um, 50 kilometer trail races, which, you know, might as well be 50 miles. And then there are hundred mile races and there are hundred mile trail races. And, you know, there's a famous one in California, um, that, uh, that, that starts in the Sierras and goes toward, uh, she She went out to California. Yeah. That, well, that's a very famous one. That's, that's really the classic, uh, long, long one. Um, and people, you know, I, I'm not going to say never because I don't see it now, but like yeah. it just sounds, it sounds crazy to me too. But, you know, it just shows you that no matter how crazy you are, there's someone crazier and yeah. willing to uh, adventure more. But I, I have a lot of respect for those people. Me too. And what she was able to overcome and conquer. And she's like, no, I'm doing it. And I know for sure she must have been, they must live on bars, right? I mean, what else are they doing all throughout the race? Yeah. You know, the ultra... Ultra endurance is the category, uh, and it's really when you're starting to go longer than, let's say, 10 hours. Um, it's really another kind of nutrition, and there are some specific um, findings for people doing that crazy stuff. Um, and the, nutrition is critical, uh, obviously. Yeah. But it's not exactly the same as the, the nutrition that you would be doing in a uh, like a marathon, you know, something that's three, four, five hours. Um, so yeah, no, they, they absolutely have to, uh, be getting in enough calories or they're not going to, their, their, their performance will tail off toward the end. Yeah. You know what? 
I think she even they have their own nutritionist sometimes, like making sure they eat the right foods, especially when they're competing. Well, hello there, and thanks for listening. I'm so excited to offer some amazing new content and discounts on my Patreon. That's right, new to Patreon. And starting as little as $3 a month, you can access exclusive podcast episodes, one-on-one calls, and major discounts on my six-week reset program. Visit patreon.com slash Sandy J. Weston to get started. I just got a question that came in and I have to, this is a good one. As far as bars are concerned, please ask Eric. I heard you should only get a bar that has no more than five ingredients. Does he agree with that? <laughs> um, have you ever heard that? The less yeah, the better? Yeah. Yeah, so so let me just give a little background on that and, and give you a couple of points of view. So there's no reason to add extra stuff. Um, you know, there's there was a little bit of an arms race of in sports nutrition where, you know, in in how do you show yourself better than the competition? And some of it was just, I'll put a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, you know, you could see it in even things like protein drinks. The lo- the uh, ingredient list gets super long with all kinds of complicated sounding words. And, you know, I- I'd say that that's, that's really unnecessary. There's not um, – they're not uh, – you're not going to ever get the, an effective amount of these things in tiny amounts and just to be on a, on a label. So in principle, I agree with no extra ingredients that don't have a reason for being there. Gotcha. Uh, that, that said, as someone who has worked with excellent food scientists, I know that by combining flavors, you can make something taste a little bit better. And if you want to make sure that it's, um, you know, safe to stay on the shelf, you know, you might need some extra vitamin C or citric acid or something like that. So I'm not, I'm not stuck on having five ingredients, but I absolutely believe that you don't need to have a bunch of extra ingredients in there that are in there just at, you know, a term is window dressing. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for, um, for an, a performance bar, you need carbohydrates, you need some electrolytes, and it's pro- it's okay to have a little bit of protein in there. Um, now, for a snack bar, you know, there, if you're trying to have a healthy snack, then it's the same thing as healthy snacking, you know. Yeah. Um, it probably less is more with that. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. And I like that what you said before. There's a difference between, oh, I'm eating a power bar and I'm working out and I'm eating a power bar and sitting at my desk. Right. So, you know, when I was giving you my my answer, when you asked about like, what's the best supplement, I was saying, you know, carbs, your carb intake will vary with your activity level. So, you know, the original power bar was made for someone who is putting out tons of, of effort and the carbohydrate that they have stored in their muscle is actually limiting to their performance. So they need to take something convenient on board. So when you are working out, you will do a little bit to a lot better depending on how much you're doing with some convenient source of carbs. And the power bar stuff has a very specific combination of carbohydrates that I was involved in the research in, um, showing that it speeds energy to muscles as fast as can be done mm. with a, a combination of a couple of different carbohydrates that um, uh, that take into account the way carbs are actually absorbed, and so they don't sit around in your gut. Now, if if you're just sitting around. Um, you don't need those carbs, and so that's not the kind of thing I would recommend if you were, um, you know, trying to get through your your day um, in the office. You know, if you're sitting in your office and you have a workout coming out, sure, you want to fuel up. Yeah. But if it's if you're really just sitting around, I would definitely go for you know a little bit more protein, less carbs. You know, something that has nuts and seeds and things like that. So gotcha. a little bit more like a, a, a healthy snack versus. Um, you know, a true performance food. Yeah. You know, Eric, isn't, doesn't uh, Power Bar have a protein bar? Power Bar does have uh, a protein bar. And um, so 
that is, you know, there, there is, there, there are really three main concepts in sports nutrition, and then there's lots of little ones after that. The first one we've been talking about is fueling. Um, and so for fueling, like we said, you know, you're burning when you're out there exercising, you're burning carbs, you need to take them on board to help with your performance. Another concept is hydration and, and you know, you sweat. And if you don't replace what you're losing, uh, you will um, also impact your performance. You're also, it's also just from a safety standpoint, you don't want to get overly dehydrated. You also don't want to get overly overhydrated, which is uh, a whole other story. The third concept is recovery. And that's where protein comes in. And all athletes, uh, including endurance athletes and people who are running and biking, uh, they actually need more protein than uh, than someone who's sedentary. About twice as much is a is a rough number, and that's why I was saying before sedentary is about fifty grams. Exercising yeah. can go up to a hundred, and so that's where protein bars can come in. Um, you know, my recommendation is to if you're if you are exercising regularly, that you get twenty grams of protein at each meal, which is not a ton. It's it's like. Uh, you know, that's a, a regular serving of yeah, chicken. Yeah, it's easy to do, yeah. Yeah, and then you have some protein snacks as well, and you could get that from a bar, for example. So yeah, Power Bar has protein bars that have that rough number of grams of protein. We also have a, a protein powder called Recovery Max, which has 20 grams of protein, which is a very fast way to get that protein in post-exercise to oh, get your muscles that. recovering. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I love it. It tastes like a shake, um, and you know, on, especially on a hot summer day, I come back from an exercise session and I mix up uh, some of this stuff, um, throw some ice cubes in it, and sip it as I get back to my back to my desk. Gotcha. And I know that I'm nutritionally getting myself ready for my next workout. All right, so. I, I'm, I'm seeing this question here, and I, don't, I know you probably can't name names and all that, but this young lady wants to know, Eric, isn't there a lot of bars that are bad for you? It's just you might as well eat a candy bar. <laughs> so, I mean, you sure. gotta be careful. And we, her, we're gonna, we never have the real name, so we'll call her Sally Bell. <laughs> okay, Sally. So, you know, I, I think um, important thing to to consider is what your um, – what you're eating the bar for. If you're eating the bar as a healthy snack, you're really looking for things like fiber and um, you know, whole grains and nuts. And you know, does it say that it has some, some fruit in it? You know, that's the kind of thing that you might be interested in. If you're looking to increase your protein, then you'd be looking for something like um, 20 grams of protein uh, on the back of the label. Um, if you are looking to fuel your body for exercise, then having something that has, uh, I would say 30 plus grams of carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is the kind of thing you'd be looking for in like the original power bar, which is now called power bar energize. Um, oh. that's what you'd be looking for. Now, if you are, uh, there are some bars that are, they're they're looking like protein bars, but they're full of sugar. That's probably that that that's mixing up metaphors. You know, for your protein bars, look for something that has lower sugar. And if it doesn't have much in the way of protein, and it it's got too much carbs, and it's it's coated in chocolate, it's probably looking a little too much like a candy bar. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is great. The next question is, for your carb bar, how much sugar should be in your bar? Yeah. So. Sugar is the is a is has a bad name for itself, but you have sugar in your bloodstream, and that's what you use to fuel your muscles. So um, sugar is is okay for an energy bar because energy and sugar have some they're they're a little bit synonymous. Uh, so uh, as I was saying, maybe thirty grams. In an energy bar, there's also product formats called gels. They're the little packets that you can rip open the top and you take them while you're running. And I would typically be doing that. Sugar is okay uh, in those kinds of products for fast energy. Uh, but for, for Power Bar anyway, we combine a couple of different kinds of carbohydrates that can show up on the label as categorically sugar, okay. but that are, are meant to fuel 
your your uh, your muscles during exercise? It's tricky, Eric, right? That's a lot for people to know, you know, because they hear so much, to, you know, wash the sugar, two grams of sugar, no grams of sugar. You know what I mean? It's just so confusing for them. Like, because like when I'm listening to you, there's a method to the madness. There's a science behind it. It's not just to make sure people like the taste. Yeah, it's it. If you, if you think of it as a um, like a dimmer switch, um, your carbohydrate and sugar intake level really goes up and down with your activity level. I mean, that's probably the, the simplest thing that you should think of. Unfortunately, if you're not doing much activity, your carb needs are low, and that's a lot of the U.S. population, and that's what that message is about. On the other hand, a lot of the people that I'm advising, they're not getting enough while yeah. they're exercising, and, and there's actually... Um, Strong data that the more carbohydrates you take on board while you're exercising, the better your performance is. So most people might be, um, for example, having 20 or 30 grams of carbs per hour. Um, If they can increase that up to 70 or 80, it can improve their performance. Now, I am not talking to the mainstream population when I'm talking about that. I'm talking to performance athletes. But that's that's the thinking uh, I'd like to get across, which is it's this dimmer switch. Your carb and sugar intake is correlated uh, to your activity level. Yeah. So I was reading here, and I think this probably will answer this guy's question. He's like, what's the last minute that I can eat before working out? Like, should I wait an hour? Should I go two hours before? And I see you say one to four hours. That's a big window. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason there's a big window is because it's, you can find what's comfortable for you within this window. Um, And that, that is what the sports nutrition guidelines say. So, if you are, and, and people will know for themselves, and, and maybe you you even know for yourself, uh, I've had teammates who could eat and had to eat for all four hours leading up to a race, and they were eating on the starting line. And then I have I had teammates that had to stop four hours out. Those are both okay. Um, you still want to get if you, if you're doing the four hours out, you want it to be a, a bigger carb serving. Uh, and if you're the kind of person who has a cast iron stomach, it's okay to be consuming right up until the time mm. that, that your workout starts. But you can't, you need to learn for yourself. And that is part of um, the trial and error uh, that, that you really have to do. And that how I, that's the way I advise athletes yeah. Um, yeah. with this kind of thing. I do, I have to stop two hours out. That's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um, it different. It depends on the sport. So for cycling, about one hour out is fine. For running, three hours. I I prefer running fully fueled in my muscles, but not anything in my stomach. But wait, did you say that you see people eating right there on the start line? I <laughs> definitely. I had I had a teammate once upon a time, skinny as a rail. He, as a matter of fact, he had to wake up in the middle of the night to eat. Uh, Lucky to, you know, him. he just, he, <laughs> he didn't like it. I mean, it was a chore for him. Okay. Uh, we, we should all be that lucky, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. He couldn't keep weight on. He couldn't keep weight on. Yeah. He couldn't keep weight on and he really needed, he could run out of fuel very easily if he didn't pay attention to it. So, <laughs> okay. So maybe this question that just came in is... Why? And I think I'm going to just let you answer it. Why should you stop eating for most people an hour before? I mean, I know the answer to this, but I would like you to answer it. Um, sure. So, you know, uh, for performance, there's a trade-off between fueling and comfort. And um, for some people, being... Um, uncomfortable is going to slow them down, even if they're, they're fully fueled. So, you know, if you can get the fuel in your muscles, the, the, the fuel, if somehow you could get the energy from a food directly into your muscles without going through your stomach, that would be great. 
I mean, and that's called, you know, there's a certain kind of nutrition, uh, which is, you know, people have to be in, have the, their, their calories, uh, through tube feeding or through injection. You can actually inject glucose, you know, when people are in the hospital, they do that, but that's not practical, obviously. So it's really a trade-off between fueling and comfort. And it's actually the same thing during, uh, marathons and, and endurance exercise, uh, you have to train yourself to be able to, to take those um, those foods on board and drink on board while you're while you're exercising for um, optimum performance. You know what, Eric? I think we could sit here for about five hours and the people would keep coming in with questions, but we have to wrap up because they are so fascinated with this. I'm like texting on the side and I'm like going out to social media, just so you know, and the, they really, they were, it seems as if they were more confused than I thought. And I mean that in a good way. And they're liking your explanation. So they want to say big thank you to you, by the way. Of course. Absolutely. You know, because a lot of it, it, I mean, it's, it sounds so simple. Well, don't, don't do the power bar. We're sitting at your desk. But a lot of people don't think that. They just think, okay, it's a healthy choice. Or, hey, I just had a girl say, well, I'm going on a road trip. Shouldn't I take, I guess I'm, I shouldn't do the power bar. And so you, you made her switch her mind. And no, you know, because she's driving. But in her head, she thought power bar, just like when she bikes. Yeah. No, the, you know, for if, if you're going on a road trip and, you, and you're stuck in the car, you know, a, a, a handful of nuts or or something like that that's not the time for yeah. a bar but you could you could have a protein bar you know protein yeah. bars fine low low, uh, low sugar bars fine um, but you know f- focus on on whole foods and uh, when you're getting ready to do your exercise that's when you grab a power bar product like a gel or some yeah. shoes or a bar yeah and the thing is that I really love about this is that you're not coming on saying it's right for everybody at every time. And that's beautiful. You're saying this is the time you do this and this is the time you do that. So that's how I know this is the real deal. And I'm so glad that you're explaining it in this way because even I didn't even think of that. I mean, I don't even think I ever thought, oh, this is why I should do the power bar. I just knew after being on my bike an hour, I needed a power bar. And now I'm reading some of your tips. I guess I was doing okay, Eric. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you, you figured it out. And, you know, um, th- there's a lot of people who, who can figure some of this stuff out by trial and error. I'll tell you, um, on, with nutrition and sports nutrition, the lessons that people learn are often through negative experiences. They go out and they run out of energy and they have to, you know, get That's home me. at a very slow pace. That's me. Mo- most people have, that is the way they learn. And, you know, and you've heard it in, in the last 10 plus years. Failure is not bad. It's a way to learn how to, how to do it differently, right? Yep, yep, yep. That's happened to me. And that's why I was like, no way, no how. All right, one more. What do you think of intermittent fasting? <laughs> I know it's not, it's a totally different thing, but, you know. You know, uh, I, I, I have not seen really good data to support it one way or another. What I do know is that um, for athletes, which is my paradigm, um, you need to, to make sure that your muscles are not breaking down. And you, you do that with a, with a pretty steady stream of, of protein throughout the day. Um, but, you know, if you want to take a break, I mean, I, I know that some people stop eating at a certain time of night and then they, they try to go as far as they can the next day. Yep. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world, but I, I really, honestly, I, I haven't seen good data to support it for any uh, particular benefit. All right, gotcha. All right, Eric, we got to wrap up here. Are you ready for rapid fire? Just a few questions about you. Okay. Okay, he's like, all right. Wait, it's easy peasy. Favorite, all right, cool. F- favorite color? Orange. Orange. Ooh, I've never had orange before. Favorite food? Do not say power bar. Uh-huh. Uh, a New York deli sandwich stacked Ooh. high that you can barely get anymore. Pastrami and Swiss. <laughs> uh, you know, corned beef or Reuben, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Hobby besides biking, something you like to do. Um, like, you know, I, I actually pay, play Frisbee with my son a ton. 
Uh, oh. He's on the frisbee, fris- high school frisbee team. So we squeeze in. Uh, that is probably, you know, besides all the startup business I've been doing, that is the little break I get in between things right now. Gotcha. What would one of your favorite days look like from morning till night? What would you do? Um, well, okay. I would wake up in the Swiss Alps. Ooh. I would have... <laughs> you said anything, right? I said I would, anything. <laughs> uh, it would be a beautiful, sunny day, brisk. I would have uh, a cappuccino uh, at a at a little cafe, and then I would go on, on a long bike ride through the Swiss Alps um, with lots of power bar stuffing my jersey to keep me fueled up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and. Uh, you know, that that's the main part of the day. I mean, you know, there'd probably be some uh, a, a nice big dinner with uh, a bottle of wine, um, and uh, uh, that's that would be a pretty good day. I think that would be a pretty good day for sure. That sounds like an awesome. Have you ever done that, by the way? Um, I have. <laughs> See, there you go. I, I knew you had. You know, okay. Um, Let's just switch a little bit. If you were going to say one of the toughest things about starting up a business, what would it be? I call them your sticky wickets. What's the toughest part or the most challenging? Um, you know, the, the thing that, I mean, honestly, the, the thing that is sometimes challenging is uh, the small percentage of people that, that end up taking the largest percent of time and holding you back in one way or another and you you can't let your energy go down those pathways i mean that's honestly uh i love that i i was oh my goodness say that one more time because that's huge that's huge for people to hear go ahead yeah you know i think overwhelmingly people are supportive and um want to help or you know whatever uh and and Either either situation or individuals, uh, you can go down the path of, of uh, soaking up your your whatever your emotional energy, yeah. and you you just can't you can't let that happen. There's too much yeah. positive. Focus on yeah. the positive, you know, and yeah. and uh, try not to bring, let that stuff bring you down. Such a such a valuable point. All right, I think I might know it, but maybe not the video on Brooklyn Bridge. But what is one one of the highlights? Of of that of that video of starting of starting your own business. Oh, um, oh gosh, you know, um, I I really I really like working with uh, with the athletes who are are trying so hard and 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 actually are the the uh, the positive a lot of the positive energy. You know, mm. they have. They have their own personal aspirations, but they're good people, and there is a there's really a very nice community. So I think I think it's this you know people think of endurance sports as this kind of solo thing, but there's a community of people that do it together, and being able to support that community, support the athletes, um, helping them to achieve their goals, and being being part of that team is is, is very rewarding to me. Mm, that, yeah, that does sound like fun. And I, I get it. I mean, you, you do do a lot of things on your own, but I have my peeps, you know, and I, I love them. I love the peeps that I have because we support one another, which is great. Okay. When I say Absolutely. the word universe, what does universe mean to you? <laughs> um, I, I think of, uh, you know, uh, when they, uh, the sun goes down, and uh, look up in the sky, and uh, look up at the universe uh, that I can see. There you go. <laughs> what do you think of? Oh, see that way. No one's ever come back at me when I see. Uh, when I think of universe, I think of connection with people, and I think of universal mm. love and goodness that connects everyone. Like there's this invisible energy that we're all brought together. So mine's a little bit different, but I like your answer. I've never heard, every time I ask this, what I love about it, I have never gotten the same answer twice. Well, you just got the scientific nerdy answer. I like the scientific nerdy answer. Like, I like it. You know, no one's ever, no, wait, one guy did say to me once, Eric, 
when you say the word universe, what do I think? He said, bah humbug. And I thought, okay, well, that was honest. He must've been having a day. All right. Well, we got to wrap up. Is there anything that we didn't get in that you want to put out there, Eric, or how they can reach you? Or we're going to, we got to put a link to the video for sure. Sure. So our website is uh, sport.powerbar.com. Uh, that has some really great information about how to use the products as well oh, as, um, you know, a full listing of the products. Uh, and we're on Instagram. <laughs> That's uh, the place that we're really doing most of our social media. And it's oh, Power Bar. Okay, cool. That, and that's actually where you'll find uh, the, um, the video. Um, it's, uh, so we're at Power Bar Sport, one word, on Instagram. Cool. Power Bar Sport. All right, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to come on Let's Keep It Real. It's been a real pleasure, and I really appreciate all your tips. Absolutely. Thank you. It's, uh, it was fun, and uh, I haven't been asked some of those questions, so I really enjoyed it. <laughs> well, you never know with me. All right, my Let's Keep It Real people, share, like, spread the word, be healthy. Now you got your tips and tricks of what to do. Make sure you go on the social media to get more information. And until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.